Hey y'all, this is Gretchen from Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts, but make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Today, I'm talking with Chris Nessie. He's the creator and host of the House of EdTech podcast and the founder and creative force behind the Education Podcast Network. Talking tech, podcasting, and so much more. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Christopher J. Nessie is certified in social studies and supervision and has inspired students and teachers at the middle, high school, and collegiate levels. Technology and its role in education are his professional passion. Mr. Nessie is on the cutting edge of education technology trends, and he is a creative, detail-oriented, and tech-savvy educator who is never short on innovative ideas, energy, and the desire to get involved in a school community. Mr. Nessie has developed and presented professional development workshops to K-12 and collegiate educators and personnel about social media, connected learning, technology integration, and podcasting. New technologies are always becoming available, and Nessie enjoys expanding educators' understanding and use of these innovations for personal and professional use. Chris hosts the House of Ed Tech podcast, explores how technology is changing the way teachers teach and the impact that technology is having in education. And he is the creator and founder of the Education Podcasting Network, which exists to bring together great podcasts for educators in one place. Chris is also the co-host of the Podcast PD podcast. Currently, Chris, his wife, Caitlin, and their two sons reside in New Jersey. Please welcome Chris Nessie to the show. Say hi to everyone, Chris. Hello to everyone. How are you? Well, Chris, I've enjoyed listening to your thoughts about tech and education over the last several years. And, and uh, you know, you create awesome content as well as ways for educators to expand their network and professional growth. And I just want to start off by saying thanks very much. It's so cool what you do. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that works. <laughs> So, but and, and I just can't say enough because it's really cool. I mean, and, and now, I, you know, I hear you working on editing another one and working on some other stuff. And it's really cool what uh, the, I think the impact that you're having on, uh, on podcasting and uh, helping uh, educators. So good stuff. Well, pod- podcasting has been the thing that has kept me out of trouble for the last four plus years. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it doesn't give you a lot of extra time left, huh? <laughs> to get in trouble. No, no, there is, there is no time for trouble. And sometimes there's not much time for anything else. I, I understand that. The, uh, I definitely understand that. So before we go any further, let's talk about where your interest in technology came from. I mean, did you have a computer in early age, a fascination for creating programs, an interest in science fiction, or focused on space or something else? I mean, where, where, where'd you get this interest in, in tech from? When I was growing up, my dad, who was a teacher before I was born and then had to leave teaching because I was born, uh, and he's now back teaching. But in, in that period of time when I was, you know, a, a little kid and, you know, a young person, uh, he worked uh, in international banking and he got to have at the time, you know, this is the, like the late 80s and into the the 90s, got to have computers at the house and he would let me, I guess, kind of tinker with them and, you know, play on them. So I was familiar, you know, with Windows. So I was always fascinated 
by computers and technology. Uh, and then when I got into, you know, being 13, 14, I got into desktop publishing and graphic design. And that led into, that was like a gateway drug to like web design and, and Photoshop. And, you know, it just snowballed from there. But from an early age, I, I was exposed to computers and, uh, you know, I had a Nintendo. So I was always into, you know, the beeps and the boops and the bops. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so did, uh, you know, and what I think is cool about that, you know, just, it, it's always interesting to know what kind of if there's anything that kind of lent itself to helping um, keep that interest going. And I know like the, the video games, uh, you know, I and, and I'm really going to date myself here, but it's, uh, you know, I go back to uh, having I had one of those original Atar Ataris in the house and I was always disappointed that the thing really didn't look like the stuff that, you know, in the arcade. So <laughs> my attention kind of wandered on those things. But uh, with me, it was really kind of uh, my interest in watching reruns of Star Trek. Um, of course, then Star Wars comes out, but I grew up in Florida, and so I got to see um, the trails from the rocket launches and stuff of Apollo and then the space shuttle, and that, that's the type of stuff that got my interest. So I was just curious about that. So, uh, it definitely makes me jealous, and, I, and I'm also you know into the Star Trek and uh, Star Wars, but really, to be perfectly honest, I am more Star Trek than Star Wars. Ah, cool. All right. That's uh, good stuff there. That's uh, that's my favorite, and uh, I, I and, uh, enjoy it, even though I like the Star Wars. Uh, Star Trek is is mine they uh love that stuff so so often in your podcast let's as we move forward just a little bit you know often in your podcast you say using technology isn't difficult just give it a try why do you think some people have tech phobias or the belief that they can't do it i i think that they believe that they can't do it because they believe they can't do it and part of the reason that i started the show and have made that my i guess my biggest call to action and the biggest message and takeaway from the show is because it's really not that difficult. Uh, when I present on using technology, regardless of the workshop, I have to remind teachers and even students I work with that you're not going to break whatever the tool is. And I joke, and I'm you know half serious, mostly joking, that you know if you go on to say something like, you know, any, any name the Google tool, you're not going to break it. If you do somehow break it, <laughs> Google will probably call you and maybe offer you a job. <laughs> so you're really not going to break it. When in doubt, you know, hit, you know, control Z, undo it, reboot the machine. You're not going to break it. That That's the biggest thing. You're not going to break it. Just there's no harm in trying. I, I like that because that's, <laughs> that's uh, I, I really think some do. You know, it's like a little afraid of it. And it's like, what if I do something wrong? And it's like, well, you know, this side of, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure that you could do a whole lot to it, except you know, just the machine that you're on, maybe you might do something to it. I don't know, but uh, it's, it's just interesting. Right. And, and, and the other piece is there are teachers and, and adults, they're afraid to look, for lack of better words, they're afraid to look dumb in front of their students and look like <laughs> they don't know and have all the answers. Uh, I, I think that's really changing now, I'd say in the last 10, 15 years where Teachers are doing more and there's more technology available than ever before in schools and in classrooms. And even those who would be like the fossils and the ones who, you know, maybe should be retiring, you know, there are those teachers who they, they fully embraced it and they're, they're trying things, you know, name the tool they're they're going to explore, try it with their kids. And the mindset has really changed for a lot of teachers. And on the same token uh, or the other side of the token, you know, we can say that there are you know, teachers and professionals who are, you know, my age or younger, you know, late 20s and in their 30s, who are definitely afraid of technology and they're afraid to fail. 
And that, that really just can't be the case. So that, that's part of my evangelical message, you know, with something like the house of ed tech and, you know, the workshops that I run. That's awesome. The, uh, it, you know, it's being able to help people see that, uh, you know, to, to steal a line, you know, they can do it. <laughs> you can do it, man. But, uh, so let's, let's talk, let's go into that classroom teacher here for just a minute. How do you think the technology can best serve the classroom teacher? I mean, technology opens doors. Uh, even though I do a show called House of Ed Tech and, you know, I present on technology, I'm also the first one, even in my own classroom, I don't use technology every single lesson, every single day, because it, it would lose its luster. It would become the norm. You know, the same way when, you know, you or I were in school, you know, we got bored of pencils and papers because, you know, one, that's all we had. <laughs> <laughs> um but, but it, it, it becomes, it becomes the norm, then it doesn't hold students interest. It doesn't become as engaging, uh, when, when used effectively, you know, you can do all sorts of amazing things, you know, whether you're doing Google expeditions or you're having students build websites or doing things with Adobe spark, uh, or using Google sites or even Google docs or spreadsheets, uh, or, or Flipgrid. I, I feel like I'm doing a, an ed tech recommendation. <laughs> um, <laughs> all is good. All is good. You know, it, Tech opens doors, and we've been telling kids for, oh, I don't know, since the dawn of time, that education should be able to open doors for them. So technology is another key to open a completely different set of doors for kids. And I think that's, a, that's cool, because what, what you're talking about is, you know, one of the things that's really neat is that you, you start, uh, you, you can make positive connections through it. I mean, obviously, you could create bad connections, too, but you can create positive connections through it, and you start engaging with people who have an interest in something that you may have an interest too, which will ultimately, I think, help you be more interested in it. If that, <laughs> if that makes sense, because you find people who are you know, geeky over this, this cool tool and what it's helping you do, whatever that be, whatever that be, <laughs> whatever that might be. There we go. Um, uh, that, that makes perfect sense because, and this is the history teacher in me, you know, that's what we as human beings and as we've developed societies over the centuries, that's how we, it's all about connecting. It, it's, you know, I'm human, you're human. And how are we going to connect and continue to tell our story? Whatever that story is, how are we going to tell that story? So what tools are available and how are we going to acquire knowledge and how are we going to then pass that knowledge and learning and our story to the next generation? And right now, the one of the best ways to do that is through technology. It's awesome. I mean, it just, just as a side note, it's, it's funny. I, I now listen to, I, I travel a lot in what I do in my work, and um, I travel throughout a lot of um, very rural areas where the distance between a couple of them may be as much as 50 miles one way. And so a lot of my friends are pine trees <laughs> and, you know, and, <laughs> and cows and things like this. And so as I'm driving, so I listen to not only do I like um, doing podcasting, but I like listening to podcasts. And so I, I spend a lot of time listening to them because you can't really pick up um, other types of airwaves out there, except lots of static. And, and so it's just amazing and reaching out and connecting to the uh, people that way through the podcast world. Yeah. I think that's just as one of those technologies that does, that helps encourage that. So cool stuff. So let me ask you uh, um, this question. What, what do you think are some of the largest obstacles that teachers face in using technology in the classroom? Boy, I could go in any number of directions <laughs> with this question. Uh, a couple of the really big obstacles, I, I think the first one is, and it, you know what, these are really in no particular. I think one obstacle would be, as teachers, we don't get out of our own way. Again, it goes back to, 
I'm afraid to use it. I'm afraid to try. I'm afraid to fail. So sometimes we ourselves are the biggest obstacle to trying a new piece of technology or doing anything new in our classrooms. We're afraid it's not going to work. Or what if it goes well one period or block and, and then it doesn't, you know, they're, we are our own worst enemy sometimes to, to put it simply. Uh, another obstacle, uh, you simply don't have the technology available. You know, you just mentioned that you yourself travel and are in a lot of rural areas in this country. And there are a lot of parts of this country just like that, where they don't have the fastest internet connections. The schools aren't hooked up as fast as other parts of the country. Uh, or the tech just simply isn't available. You know, not everybody's fortunate enough to have one-to-one Chromebooks and, you know, blazing Wi-Fi and high internet speeds. And, you know, you're on this basically, you know, super connected, you know, campus. Uh, and that could just be talking about, you know, a kindergarten classroom, let alone, you know, seniors in high school, who, you know, are ready to go out into the quote unquote real world uh, and try and do something. Um, so lack of availability. Um, other obstacles? the mindset of the people that we work with. And that could be, you know, a district technology director or a building principal or a departmental supervisor that you don't see eye to eye or you don't share the same vision of how tech can be used in the classroom. Uh, and that can also be a really big hindrance or cause some setbacks in what you might be trying to do with your students or your school. You know, so I, I think those would be three of the biggest things that can certainly interfere with teachers who want to use technology. Uh, that's, those are good points to make right there. We have, you know, and and uh, sometimes that, uh, you know, the people of, uh, above you have to have that uh, that willingness to uh, be open and uh, flexible and uh, as opposed to having just their own ideas about it. Forget also supporting technology. I think they also have to ha- they have to be open to the creativeness of the classroom teacher being willing to uh, let them uh, figure out the different ways that they can make it uh, become a, you know, a, a great tool in their classroom, something that they they develop and come up with. And I, and I got to come back to the something that you said there a second ago, which is, you know, I, I think it's funny when people worry about making mistakes in front of kids, because I think that's, as a former high school history teacher, the uh, one of the things that uh, made class fun was that every class was a little different. <laughs> and those the mistakes you did make were the ones that the kids always seem to remember. <laughs> and so it kind of makes it, it makes it a lot of fun because they see you as human, not that robot that locks itself in the closet to recharge its batteries at night and then come back out the next day. <laughs> I, and to go with the whole mistake making thing, a lot of times I feel bad for the kids I teach like early in the day, like first first period, first block, where I'll make mistakes. And by the time I run that lesson again at the end of the day, I, I've worked out the kinks and, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a totally different experience. I understand that. That's one of those things where it's like, uh, all right, guys. Yeah, and I actually worked for a, a principal one time who tried to f- flip the day a little bit so that uh, um, you, that wouldn't always happen that way. You would end up with, uh, you know, every so many weeks the schedule would change so that uh, then your first period kids now are getting you a little bit later in the day, that type of thing, and your end of the day kids are getting you in the morning. The only problem with that, he discovered that the kids could keep track of it, but the teachers were always forgetting where they were supposed to be. <laughs> Which I thought that was interesting. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I know what you mean. That's it's cool stuff. So, so you know, you you do a lot of presenting, and you know, you present on technology frequently. What what is one question that you're most frequently asked? That's a that's a tough one, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I, I would say uh, I'll focus on say the last couple of years where I've done a lot of presentations uh, related to podcasting, the power of podcasting, how to start podcasting. 
uh, here a podcast, there a podcast, everywhere a cast, you know, <laughs> things like that. Yes. Um, and when I talk about podcasting, um, the question I'm always asked relates to the gear. You know, what stuff do I need <laughs> to get started in podcast? So those are a lot of the myths that I dispel and ha- have worked into the act or the presentation. Uh, but people, at least on that topic, want to know what do I need? What, what's what what what's the stuff? That's cool. So do, do you, uh, um, you know, when they, when they ask you, what's the stuff, what is it they're really getting at? Do you, do you have a thought that there's more to the question than what they're really asking? Some, depending on the group, sometimes I think they're focused on the, the gear because they're expecting me to say that you need, you know, a few thousand dollars worth of stuff. And then they don't actually have to go forward and try it because they could say, well, I can't afford it. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, but then I, Asked, you know, a room of say 25 to 30 people, you know, who has a smartphone and 30 people raise their hands. And I say, good, you can start a podcast right now. So I I think that's one way to look at it. That's one of the things I think is so cool is that, you know, it's, it's so easy now compared to what it, uh, um, what it was, you know, not so very long ago to actually start to the you know, to the fact that, you know, you can just use your phone. It's like you don't have to have thousands of dollars of equipment. And so I can just see that. Somebody no, going, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was, I was just going to say that the, the barrier to entry is almost none at this point, you know, with some of the different apps that are available to, again, podcast right from your iPad or your, or your smartphone. You, you can be up and running in a matter of minutes with a podcast. And, you know, within a day or so, you could be in iTunes and Google Play Music and you can be off and running spreading your message and your content to the world. Yeah. So cool. It's just, it's just amazing to me. I mean, cause this is, I mean, literally we have, you know, we have our, our version of radio shows that, uh, and you don't have to have the radio station. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm in love with this content in this medium. You know, if it was a woman, I might leave my wife for a girl named podcast. <laughs> nice. Very nice. The, uh, um, I might be a little concerned if you end up with a child named podcast. Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I think one day somewhere along the line, you're going to hear somebody say that they named their child podcast. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> so what's your middle? It's initial? not going to be me because I got two and I'm done. You don't <laughs> understand that. <laughs> so, all right. So you started talking about this a second ago. What, what's your favorite tech tool or app and, and why if you could, you know, if, if you had to say, I really, really like this, what is it? I don't know that I can say one specific tool, but I can describe features that I like, if, if that's okay. Oh, that would be awesome. I like tools that allow the user to create because I guess aside from, or maybe even it stems from podcasting, I've always considered myself to be the creative type, maybe not so much artsy, but somebody who wants to create. Uh, and that's a muscle that, I think can be exercised and grown in anybody, uh, whether you start off drawing stick figures or if you can just sit on a rocking chair and you can daydream, you know, you can be creative. So any tool that gives the user the opportunity to create something I think is valuable, whether it's video, audio, pictures, graphics, um, anything that allows people to create, I think is worth taking a look at and trying and seeing what you can do with it. That's, that's awesome. That, that actually, you know, it's what's really cool about that is it describes a lot of, uh, 
uh, a lot of those tools that are out there. So very nice. I know that uh, I it, what amazes me is the number of new tools, the new apps that keep coming out. And I start going, OK, can you guys hang up? Just hold on just a second. I'm just figuring out this one. <laughs> so anyway. But and again, actually, to go back to even earlier in our conversation, that's also something that stops people from wanting to jump in is okay, I learned a tool today and now you're telling me there's a better tool tomorrow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very it, nice. It, it, that can be overwhelming at times. Oh, it can be. I mean, I, I, <laughs> it, I, it, there's so many of the tools that are just like that. It, it's just as you uh, get used to one thing, then they update something and now you can't find the little doohickey that you used to have to push or the thing that helped you make uh, whatever it is you were working on out of that app or that, uh, that tool. It, it's changed just a little bit. And you're like, really? Come on. I just figured this out. <laughs> And, and actually, the, the best example I can give to – I'm, I'm going to go on my own tangent on, on, on this show. Um, I'd say six years ago, seven years ago now, um, I had discovered what I thought was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and it was, it was called Edmodo. Nice. And I, I spread this thing like the plague in the school I was working in when I discovered Edmodo and got all my classes on it. And I would say inside of – six to eight weeks of me finding it and implementing it and people saying, Oh, Nessie, thank you so much. Edmodo is the best thing since sliced bread. Then I found the best thing since sliced bread and that's called Schoology. <laughs> nice. So then I was like, wait, hold on everybody. This is it. And then it was like, Schoology is the way to go. Um, and now I use Google Classroom. So what does that even tell you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're just fickle, man. They're just fickle. <laughs> Anyway, that's awesome. That's and it, but I know what you mean because I I happen to be a I was a principal in a school system where uh, suddenly Edmodo was the thing that uh, um, they wanted all of us to uh, um, it basically going back to an early question about somebody above you understanding a little bit about uh, uh, what's going on in uh, in the schools and stuff like this and it became the thing that they were like we saw it it's good it's good for you therefore you will use this. <laughs> And that was, that was quite interesting. It's like, okay, yeah, um, you know, you kind of felt like if you don't, something bad's going to happen. Kind of like this breaking the chain of those chain letters. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, all right. So I'll, I'll stop <laughs> going all over the place here. But yeah, cool stuff. We got uh, so so. Let's shift now to your podcasting because uh, you got an incredible uh, podcast, House of Ed Tech. And uh, what got you interested in podcasting? And let's talk about. House of Ed Tech and your inspiration and its future. And by the way, I love the music. <laughs> the, the, this is, I, I love the music too. If I didn't, I wouldn't use it. <laughs> um, so where did House of Ed Tech come from? So at the end of 2013, I'd say September, October, uh, my wife, the infinitely wise Kate Nessie, she said to me, you know, Chris, you love talking about education and technology. It's your passion. And mind you, she's a high school librarian. She said, you know, th this is your thing. You, you, do you don't shut up about this stuff. <laughs> she said, and, and I, and I am so glad that you love it, but she said, I am tired of listening to you talk about it. <laughs> so you should start a podcast and let other people listen to you talk about it. That's she funny. said, but it, she's like, you know, you know, technology, go teach yourself how to do it and, you know, launch your own podcast. So I would say then over, say, October, November, December of 2013, I went and I discovered podcasts about podcasting and watched the videos on YouTube and basically taught myself how to do it in about, I'd say, 8 to 12 weeks. 
And, you know, in January 2014, the House of EdTech was born. And I, I haven't looked back as, as, you know, as we record this, I'm, you know, into my fifth year, over 100 episodes. And uh, I see no end in sight. Excellent. Excellent. It's a great show and uh, it's good stuff. But I love, I love what you're saying there because if I want my family to roll their eyes, um, they, uh, all I have to do is start talking about podcasting. <laughs> and go, uh, Father, could you please not talk about that now? <laughs> my, my, my kids are my oldest is a year out into the work world now out of college. And my youngest is in going into his senior year in college. And, and so that's what age group my kids are. And, uh, you know, all of them pretty much, uh, yeah. If I, it, the only other thing that makes them roll their eyes even more is if I start talking about my dissertation. <laughs> <Run away>. <laughs> <laughs> so. and, and, and you know what else? This, this also backfired on her one, because she created a monster because, you know, I, I've been re- releasing the show every two weeks through summer vacation again now over five years and i started the show under the rules that she gave me which was you know remember you're still a husband you're still a father so don't let it take up too much of your time so i started the show doing it every two weeks which is when i do it i release every two weeks on sundays and you know became addicted and i mean i'm not gonna get too ahead of us but obviously i'm involved in podcasts uh, in other ways and you know, it basically backfired on her because she created a monster. Uh, and actually, just a couple of weeks ago, she said, "Hey, remember you were telling me about that conference in Philly podcast movement? You should go. And, and you know, you don't even have to pay for it out of your podcast money. Well, I want you to go to that because I think you would get a lot out of it. So now I get to go to podcast movement at the end of July, and nice. I'll be commuting to Philly from Jersey, and I'll get to, you know, rub elbows with some of my podcasting heroes. And it's all her fault. <laughs> that's that's a good thing right there. That's awesome. That's you know that's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, of course, uh, um, she's sending you away, <laughs> but to a, <laughs> but I like that. That's awesome. Go to podcast movement. That uh, that is a that is a nice nice thing to be able to do. Well, have fun with that. So, well, so- I will. And Steve, who am I to argue with? You know, the love of my life and the mother of my children. I am not going to argue with her on this. Exactly. Exactly. I, I seem to think you know it's um, that's. Uh, yeah, just not going to happen, right? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to, but oh, okay, if you insist. <laughs> nice. So, so with let's let's move on beyond House of EdTech, and let's the Education Podcast Network is something else you've created, which is an awesome platform. Where did that idea come from, and and how did you make it a reality? Because that that's really cool. You host all these podcasts there. So that was back in, I'd say the. January, February of 2015. And at that point, you know, I'm a couple years into, you know, doing my own show, not having, you know, the time to do it on a, week, on a weekly basis uh, and produce content as much as I felt that I wanted to, or even, you know, whether or not I believed I could or couldn't, you know, I fell in love with podcasting and the content creation aspect of it. Uh, and me being, you know, the Italian people person that I am, uh, I wanted to connect with other people. So I thought, one of the best ways I could do that would be to connect with other educators who are podcasters. So I decided to start a network that wouldn't stress me out where I wouldn't have to manage it, you know, day to day and host files and put too many rules in place. Uh, I, I wanted to build a community and be able to have conversations with other people who would know what I was talking about. You know, if I was having problems with my podcasting gear or my website, or even just to bounce ideas off bounce ideas off of, I would have 
connections and basically go out and make friends with people who had similar interests as I did. It's very cool because I it's the whole group and it, you keep adding even you know even more. I mean, like a kid in a candy store. The, the next thing I know is you have, you have another new one that's like, oh, check this one out, <laughs> and uh, enjoy listening to them. It's, it's and and out of it, just kind of like uh, what we were talking about earlier, which is uh, I've discovered that I can connect with these with, with these other podcasters, which is really cool. So the platform helps to kind of jumpstart some of those connections. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, on the, I guess, the, the little self-absorbed side of me, you know, I can go into iTunes and I can look in, you know, the K-12 category and I can look at, you know, the top 20 and I can see, oh, there's, you know, eight, nine, 10 shows that I know the host and, you know, they're affiliated with, you know, they're, they're part of my circle. And it, it's been nice to, you know, kind of get that boost, you know, because I think, you know, we're all better together. So, you know, to promote your show, to promote my show, to promote, you know, any of the other shows on the network, you know, we all want our message to reach as many people as possible. And this is one way that helps us do that. And it's very cool. I, it, it's funny because uh, um, just like what you're saying about getting to know the other hosts. And so it's funny. Um, it's not, not funny. Ha ha. It's neat in that I, I have see my great big words that I know here. The uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, it's it's just a it's just an awesome sort of uh, um, connectivity that happens. And so as you start talking with or hearing or like, you know, the, the, the bumpers before the shows that uh, we now have where uh, someone's voice from another podcast is at the beginning of ours. And, and then you hear yours on somebody else's and it's like, now that's cool. <laughs> so I don't know. I, and I, I got to say, Steve, I, I, I need to, Steve, I need to suck up to you. Uh, you have a great set of pipes on you and, <laughs> I really like the one you did because you are like, you know, quote unquote, Mr. Radio with your bumper. People have never heard it. Uh, I've used it a couple of times on my show. I've used it on Podcast PD, Google Teacher Tribe. So uh, your voice is getting out there and it sounds great. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That was, I, And I had to say it was it was cool when unsuspecting I I heard the, it at the beginning of uh, the Teacher Tribe one, which the Google Teacher Tribe. So it's like, hey, 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 that's me. <laughs> so. All right, I'll stop. I, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, well, thank you. That's that's cool. I appreciate that. The uh, so uh, just keep that going. That is awesome. I, it it and before we move on to the next where we're going here. I um. So, do you have any other cool things like this in the works? I mean, you got a you got anything like a your own book or you got a you know you going on tour or what? You got anything else happening? <laughs> uh. I am available for travel. So if any of your listeners want to bring me to their school district, uh, I am available. And uh, because of my podcast, I've been able to go to Alabama. I've been able to go to school districts around New Jersey. Uh, earlier this year, I got to go to Utah to speak on podcasting. So uh, the podcast has certainly been a nice gateway to actually go to some places and you know go through the gate. Uh, in terms of other things on the horizon, uh, I've been... There is somewhere on my Google Drive a a book titled "I Like to Podcast and You Can Too" ebook that uh, I just can't seem to find the time to finish. Um, I don't think I'll ever write an actual physical book because I've heard that compared to climbing up a mountain backwards and getting paid very little to do it. <laughs> um, nice. and, and I think even just in my niche, which is technology. If I write a book on technology, you know, it reminds me of an old Best Buy commercial where the guy goes to Best Buy, buys the latest, you know, 
M7 computer and he gets in his car, is sitting on the highway, gets to an intersection, and they change the billboard from the M7 to the M8. <laughs> yes. After he just bought the latest and greatest. So I don't know that physical books make for um I don't know that physical books about technology are the best way to go. Uh, and every time I think about it, I remember, hey, I do a podcast that comes out every two weeks and I can talk about the latest, greatest, and most current things right there. You know, it, it, and I, I think that's it's so cool. I just want to reemphasize that you do go speak. And and so you've you told us that you do speak about uh, podcasting. Is there some other favorite topic you have if you go to speak at other school systems or other places? Like if you go to podcast movement, will you talk about uh, anything there or are you going to um, just visit this? I'm time? not fortunate enough to be speaking there, but uh, some other topics that I'm interested in that I like to talk about. Uh, one, creativity. So that doesn't always have to relate to podcasting. Uh, but the idea of being creative is something that uh, I am passionate about. And I like to talk about the topic of, uh, I'll just use the title of recent presentations, how to support that teacher. And I emphasize that, <laughs> uh, which can take on multiple forms, which one of which I identify with because we all know who that teacher is. And <laughs> that can be taken a number of ways. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, kind of fighting for the people who like me, you know, I'm in my building. Uh, I'm recognized as, you know, anybody can come to me. Uh, but in giving that talk and having that conversation with teachers, uh, that teacher could also be the person who, again, is, is afraid to try. And how do we help that teacher? So, and any number of things. I, I, I'm Italian. I, I'm, I'm talking with my hands right now. And nobody can see it. <laughs> nice, nice. By, by the way, so I, I, I got to tell you, I am too. <laughs> I got my hands going. <laughs> and uh, I'm my, my Italian... Um, Family's all for you know. In the I was born in Ch South Side of Chicago, and all all what's left is all up in the the Chicago area. So understand, Maletta. You know that's where that's where that's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, man. So so here I want to ask you this: if if you have something tech related that's new to you, how do you go about trying to help yourself learn how to use it? The simple answer is I just start using it, and if I make a mistake. You know, like I did when I was five, I get back up, I try it again and again and again. Very nice. So, you know, I, that really comes into even my personal life. You know, I'm, I'm a big DIYer here in the actual physical house of ed tech. Um, so I'm always watching videos on YouTube about, you know, doing electrical work and plumbing. And, you know, if not for YouTube, I would have either drowned or electrocuted myself like <laughs> Tim Allen many years ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, th that, that's how I learn. I, I'm a visual learner. I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, and, and I'm not afraid to try something. You know, when I listen to podcasts about technology, you know, I'll take notes and I'll go check out the websites and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll create an account and, you know, there are accounts I have forgotten about that from things I've tried. Uh, so I, I just, I, I just try, I, I basically try to live out literally and practice what I preach, which is, it's not difficult. Just, just do it. Start clicking, start typing. I'm not going to break it. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. The, uh, um, great advice. And I got to tell you that, you know, YouTube has been so helpful to me too, and other people's podcasts, cause I use them and, uh, I forgot. That's the other thing that'll make my kids roll their eyes is, yeah, let, let's guess, Dad. You you were watching YouTube, and and this is what it helped you do, right? Okay, <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. All right, so if a listener would like to reach out to you, Chris, what would be the best way? Definitely, you know, on Twitter, I am at Mr. Nessie M R N E S I. Uh, follow me; I'll follow you back. We can we can DM. 
Uh, you can send an email to uh, to feedback at chrisnessy.com. You can go to the website, chrisnessy.com, and there are any number of ways uh, that you can send me voicemail, send me email, you know, but first and foremost, hit me up on Twitter. I would love to connect. Excellent. Excellent. And I'll, and I'll put uh, his links in my show notes. So don't, don't forget, you can go there in the show notes and find all these links. So, you know, those of you listening while you're driving, you don't have to stop right now. They're in my show notes. So <laughs> good stuff. And he does respond. <laughs> so I got three more questions for you and they go like this. If you were given the chance to talk with 100 brand new teachers who haven't started teaching yet, what advice would you give them? That is a phenomenal question. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell if me I that's not your answer. To talk to, <laughs> if, I had, if I had the chance to talk with one brand new teacher who hasn't taught yet, but now you're going to give me a whole auditorium full? Exactly. Perfect. Do I get a stage? Right, <laughs> yes, I'll you get a stage. stage. You're on stage. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, I would impart a lot of wisdom because even though I've only been doing this for 10 years, it's something I've wanted to do for as long as I can remember. And I would stress to new teachers who haven't done this yet that you want to do it for a reason and, and not to not forget that reason, not forget who inspired you. Maybe it was your parents, a family member or a teacher you had. Don't lose hold or sight of the reason you want to get into this profession. We all know it's not for the money and it certainly shouldn't just be about the vacation and some of the other frivolous perks. Um, so, so don't forget why you want to get into this. And then an additional piece of advice I would give new teachers would be enjoy every moment. There are more than enough things in this world to make us depressed, make us angry, make us unhappy, Put in the negative feeling of your choice. There's enough out there to do that. Don't bring that into your classroom. Um, I know we say here in 2018 and, and recently that we shouldn't be teaching on islands, but sometimes we need to get away from the things that are troubling us and we need to go to that teaching island and close the door and be with our students or be with our colleagues. Connect with your kids, connect with your colleagues, build a positive rapport with the people you encounter, uh, smile, smile at people, bring the human element into your life. If you start smiling more, you know, all those other negative things, they can kind of work themselves out. Um, you don't have to be the teacher who is so tough and stringent from September and you don't smile till Christmas. That is the worst advice you could give somebody joking or serious, uh, smile. That, that's, that's the best thing. Enjoy what you do. Uh, be yourself, you know, take inspiration. You know, you've had bad teachers, you've had good teachers, you know, be the best of everything that you have ever encountered. And if it doesn't work, well, guess what? You get to try it again when the bell rings and you get to come back tomorrow and, and you'll eventually find your way. Awesome advice. I love it. And I, I love what you say. Cause that's just, cause the, once you, you get working with the kids that's the that's the magic right in there and that's that's so awesome what you're talking about and especially the idea of just get in there have fun and smile and and show them what it's that uh you know it's just make it all part of what you do and i and i just that's awesome advice the uh because i i think you're right it's it's too easy to uh to see things the wrong way you know it's funny listening to you reminded me of a, a kid who uh um I even remember his name. I remember when he did this because that's what one of the things that's cool. I think you always remember the 
the, many of the children that you work with. And this young man could make a bird, uh, he could make himself sound like a bird without moving his lips. And so you couldn't tell where the bird was. <laughs> and that would drive me out of my mind. And that's what he did to a lot of people. And what was funny was that it, it was also driving his other classmates <laughs> nuts. But he was amazing at this. I will never forget him. I taught him as a 10th grader. And I was able to figure out who the little bird was because a little bird told me, <laughs> but uh, you, know, <laughs> it's just, you just never know. And that's one of those things that just sticks with you. And it's just, uh, you know, this, that's, that's cool. Instead of getting angry, it's kind of like you kind of have to co-op everybody into, okay, we got to get that bird, man. <laughs> but anyway, well, you, you tell, you tell that story about the bird and uh, there were a couple of kids that I was around just the other day. And I don't know if you know this where they can kind of like, flick their cheek and it sounds like a drop of water. I don't know yeah. if you've ever heard kids do that. Yes, I have. I, that has annoyed me to no living in since I'm probably in the fifth or sixth grade. One, because I can't do it. And two, <laughs> it's annoying. Yes, and it is. I told, and I told these three kids, I said, oh, you finally figured out how to make the bubble noise. Yeah, it's about that time in the school year where that's what you figure out how to do. And I knock <laughs> it off because I can't do it. <laughs> Talk about, yes, that would drive you nuts because there's nothing worse than thinking there's a dripping faucet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really thank you <laughs> nice yes that that type of stuff and see you know you, you're gonna be able to tell that story too hopefully you run into him again one day and they'll go you know when do you remember that that dripping sound you heard that was me <laughs> i knew it <laughs> anyway <laughs> so so what advice would you give principals and superintendents about helping their teachers tap into the many uses of tech in the classroom well my instinctual answer is very simple get out of my way. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, I went to college. I have a degree. I have multiple degrees and there are other people just like me. Get out of my way, support me, provide me a safety net. Like I will provide for my students. Uh, and part of that, if I expand on that comes from the idea, you know, from Simon Sinek, when he talks about leadership and the chain of leadership, you know, if you're the big CEO of a company, we'll call you the superintendent, you know, don't go around and tell me or tell people that, you know, you're focused on the kids and the kids matter to you. Now, I'm not saying they don't, but you haven't, in a lot of places, you're the superintendent, you haven't taught in 15 years, 20 years, maybe, okay, if you're an older superintendent. But anyway, you you spent time out of the classroom to climb the ladder. You don't know what the kids in the classroom right now today are doing and what they're like. Empower your principals, empower your supervisors, empower your administrators to, to manage that. And then if you're that principal, that supervisor, that administrator, you know, you're also not in the classroom, you know, doing an observation or coming and, you know, doing a, you know, a walkthrough, you know, informal, you know, just, Hey, how you doing is not the same thing as, teaching the five or six classes a day, you know, let me do what I do every day in the trenches as a teacher. And just, if, if I come to you and I need help, support me. That, that, that's the best thing I would like to tell principals and superintendents. Nice. Don't, don't hinder me, but truly be there to help me. 
And that's awesome. That's, <laughs> that is so awesome because you just like you said, just get out of my way and just help me um, be able to make it happen. And, you know, right now you're, you're, you're making me think of a bunch of teachers who are going back to something that you were talking about before are that teacher who are the ones who you just want to get out of their way because they're on top of stuff and they're, you know, uh, they got, uh, you know, setting kids' minds on fire as they want to know more and do more and they're engaged because they're, uh, you know, because they've been allowed to be creative. So, Good stuff. I love that. So last last question here. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If given a chance to say thank you, who would it be and what would you say? Let me start by saying that every teacher uh, from the one whose name I can't remember in pre-kindergarten through my master's program, every teacher has made an impact on me because somewhere along the way, somebody said, would you want to become a teacher? Don't tune out your bad teachers. Sometimes you will learn from people what you don't want to do and what you don't want to be. And when you find those good teachers, you want to emulate them. You want to incorporate everything you loved about that teacher into what you do. So every teacher ha that I've ever had has impacted me in some way. Uh, to single out one, um, I, I will always, till, till I retire, uh, give props and a shout out to my high school English teacher and uh, drama director in high school, and that is uh, Mrs. Marianne Cochran. Uh, she taught at Spotswood High School in Spotswood, New Jersey. I only retired, I'd say, in the last five or six years. So, I mean, as of right now, she's alive, she's kicking, she's enjoying retirement. And I have such admiration for Mrs. Cochran. Um, I know her first name, you know, it's Marianne, but she will always be Mrs. Cochran to me. She will always be, you know, the chief. And you know, I, I have a mom. She's she's still with me. She's played an integral role in my life. Um, but if I had to trade my mom for another person to be my mom, it would be Mrs. Cochran. So for your listeners, that's how highly I think of just one person who truly made a huge impact on me as a person, as a man, uh, and as an educator. That is so cool. Thank you, Chris, for sharing. I, I appreciate that very much. That is That is amazing. And I understand then the impact that she must have made on you. So, Chris, I, I only wish that she was a retired educator who was on Twitter so I could tell people to go follow her <laughs> because I, she, she would be able to drop knowledge bombs like nobody's business on that's, educators. I, I have no doubt. But that, we just chat on Facebook. That's cool. That's, that's cool that she's on Facebook with you. That's awesome. So, uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Love the House of Ed Tech. The content is amazing and keeps me engaged. Thank you for creating and maintaining the Education Podcast Network. I mean, that's such a cool tool. And, and it just helped me connect with so many educators and thinkers. You know, keep up the great work. Enjoyed the talk. Wishing you the best in all that you do. Enjoy the podcast movement, man. I'm jealous. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And especially to have my wife want me to go. That's even better. That's, that's so cool. Um, thank you. Take care. Thanks for having me, Steve. I really appreciate the opportunity. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. <laughs> The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.